Rashiva is not coming tonight. He was busy, so we could do something kind of now that he's not here. I'm going to ask Leilin to do me a toy, maybe he can help me rehearse for my Shabbos Hagodel Drosha. Shabbos Hagodel Drosha is going to be on the topic of Leishinu es Shemom Leishinu Smol B'Shem Leishinu Sleshoinom and the topic is how Klal Yisrael remains the same without changing throughout the generations despite unceasing Hashkafic attacks. I'm going to make the, the sign a little less wordy than that, but that's the general idea. So you guys are going to be rehearsal. First one we say, Klal Yisrael remains unchanged. From the beginning of, of, of time when Klal Yisrael is makabal to Torah until today, Bizman Hazeh, Klal Yisrael has remained unchanged. What do I mean by unchanged? Of course we've changed. Uh, Moshe Rabbeinu didn't wear a jacket like I'm wearing. And even my great-grandfather didn't wear a jacket like I'm wearing. What we mean unchanged is... If, let's say, a guy goes out into the sun, so he gets a suntan. So his skin changed color. But the person remains unchanged because, in the sense that, while he was in the shade, it was always inherent in his biology that if he goes out in the sun, he's going to get a tan. That didn't change. He adapted, but he didn't change because uh, what he is now, he was then, just circumstances changed and the preparation that his body had already uh, uh, had built in for different circumstances is now being activated by the circumstances. So if you have a guy who's a soldier and uh, he knows to use his knife and he knows to use his gun and he knows how to use his rope and he knows how to use his, his, his laser beams or whatever they uh, have, it's not that he changes, it's that he knows how to use everything and when the time comes, uh, the circumstances change. We will see that. Klal Yisrael is like that. When uh, circumstances are uh, a certain way, Klal Yisrael acts apropos, apropos for those circumstances. When Deiris change and circumstances change, it's always built into the Torah. It's a program. The program says, if this, then that. If something else, then something else. But it's all part of the original program. And we're going to explain how we survive all these years and we still have a full-fledged Yiddishkeit, despite all the attacks that we've endured. The second thing that I want to uh, uh, explain when I say we didn't change is that not all of us didn't change. Plenty of us changed. And that's very unfortunate. Plenty of us are never married to Goyim. And that's terribly unfortunate. However, the rule of Klal Yisrael is that regardless of how small amount of Jews remain faithful to Hashem, Klal Yisrael will survive through those people. In Dezegidoin it says, in Tanakh, 
You know how many people there were that were not oiv de avoid the Zora? The whole Klal Yisro. 300. That's it. And everybody was from. They were just idol worshippers. Imagine living in the days of the idol worshippers. 300, what's 300 people? It's nothing. It's almost as soon as Shiva Gedoyle is going to have three, that amount of people. 300 people. And that's it. The rest of Klali Yisrael were Oiv De Avoid And from those 300 people, unless somebody later did Shuva, but at that moment, there were 300 people, Klal Yisrael survived today. What we have is from that. Or from their children. But Klal Yisrael, when we say we didn't change, there's a core group, an Oilam, a Tzibur, that's the center of gravity of Klal Yisrael, and they don't change. How many there are, how little there are, it's all Toli and Bechir If a person wants, he can be from those, that group that doesn't change. How many Jews left Egypt? From the, uh, what percentage? We know the number. What percentage ended up out of Egypt? Well, Hamushim Olu, right? We know one out of five, 20%, 80% of the Jews did not leave Egypt. They didn't leave Egypt. And even from one of those that didn't uh, die in, in Choyshech, there were those that wanted to stay in Egypt. Dosen Vaviram, it says in Medrash, in Targum, Dosen Vaviram stayed in, in Mitzrayim, and they ended up chasing the Jews together with Parai. There are always going to be disloyal Jews, but there's going to be a core group of Klal Yisrael that's always going to be loyal to the Torah. Even though now we live in Nikvis of the Mashiach, and now we live in the 50th Shara Tumah, nevertheless, there is a core group of Klal Yisrael, doesn't matter how many. Could be there's 300. However many there are, I don't know. But however many there are, however little there are, there's a core group of Klal Yisrael that remains loyal to the Torah, that's not infested with Avodah that's uh, still loyal to and it always will remain that. And we're going to discuss how those 300 or however many there are remain loyal despite so many attacks against our Torah. Now, the first thing we have to know is like this. Not so long ago, it was very hard to find bad hashkafas. Bizman Hazeh, it's very hard to find good hashkafas. You look all over the place and the, all over the street. Was the Alta von Kelm said that wherever he looks, he sees he sees apicarsis all over the place. And that was the days from the Alta von Kelm. Bizman Hazeh is a million times worse, but. A long time ago, but a little while before that, a few centuries ago, it was almost impossible to find Be'er Hashkafas. Yes, there were like Shapsit Tzvi's, there were like bad people all the time. But in general, Klal Yisrael in general was loyal to the Torah. Until you know who came. A group of people came, the Maskilim came, and they ruined everything. Rav Shach has a letter about this. It's in the Chetovim of He says, the Be'er Hashkafas that we have today were pre-Amolam Shal HaMaskilim. Before the Maskilim came, it was not an easy thing to find Be'er Hashkafas. Everybody knew what Torah was, everybody knew what a Torah life was. And then, the Goyim became nice to the Jews, relatively speaking. And uh, the Jews, uh, the Jews uh, employed their Bechira in an unwise manner. And they decided that it'll be good to be like the Goyim. So they started learning Chochmas Chitzonius, 
and they started sending their children to secular schools, and then they started with a new type of religion called nationalism, and uh, they were saying that this is good for Klal Yisrael. Rav Shach writes, and it's 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 Mikhtav number Kuflamet Zayin in Chelik Gimel, and historically everybody knows that this is true. The problem is that. All of these hashkafic attacks that we have, all the bad hashkafas that exist in the world, that have existed for hundreds of years. Oilonu if we deal with them, and oilonu if we don't deal with them. Where does somebody have time to respond to every kruma hashkafa, every shtus that exists out there in the world? We have so much to do. We have Gans Shas to learn. We have Gans Shulchan Aruch to learn. And, and one Masechta can take a person uh, many, many, many years of his life. Depends what yeshiva you go to. But uh, even uh, somebody who's, who's, who's learning normal, he could spend a very, very long time, even on one Masechta. There's no time to do this. So, so if we, we engage all the Ber Hashkafis, we, they win the battle because we'll be sitting all day trying to put out fires and to answer every shtus in the world. And if we don't, so then we're going to be attacked. Rabbi Miller in his book, the, the book about World War II, so he writes over there that, that um, we did almost nothing in response to the Maskilim. We kimat didn't fight back Bechlam. And it sounds like it was a complaint, what he's writing. Now, it's hard to tell because uh, it, it wasn't made for publication, and, and I don't, don't know 100%, but that's what it sounds like. There was a reason, though, that we didn't do any fighting back, and I'm going to explain. We came up with a, with a defense against Klal Yisrael, came up with a defense against Ber Hashkafis to make sure that the 300 Club those 300 Shloikaru Labal that were not Oiv Deavoy, that are not Oiv Deavoy, Dizar remain so. There's a vote from Afutna, I know the Rashiva here said it over, about the Mishkan and the Teva. He says in the olden days, the yeshiva used to be a mish, uh, used to be a mishkan. It was a special place that people went. Bisman Hazeh, and he said this, if memory serves, I think it was 1965. A yeshiva is a Teva. Now, this was the solution. You know what a teva is? A teva means everything outside the teva is just a marble. And there are giant fish and there are sharks all over the, the waters, all over the place. But in the teva, there's, there's, not only is it safe, but you don't even need to engage anything outside. You don't need to deal with it. The goal of the yeshiva was like a turtle shell. In nature... Every animal has a way to protect itself. The tigers have teeth and the, the bears have claws and, and, and uh, turtles have shells. The yeshiva is like a turtle shell. It's a teva. By Hurricane Sandy, so they had a shelter. The yeshiva was designed to be a shelter, which means ignore everything that's going on outside. There is no outside. Make sure it just doesn't penetrate. This was the lumdus of how the yeshivas protected Klal Yisrael. Do not make a mistake. It's not the pshat that if the person learns in yeshiva, now he's a grace of chochem and he can go out and argue with all the apikorsim in the world. No. 
That's like saying a guy on the Teva, now that he's on the Teva, he can jump into the water and fight with the sharks. It doesn't work that way. It only helps so long as you're in the Teva, because that's the only time you're protected. The, 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 the idea behind the protection of a yeshiva is, in the days that it, it, it became a Teva, that it should be a, a shelter from everything that's going on outside. It shouldn't be Neugeia, what people taina, the Be'er Hashkafas are not Neugeia, they don't enter into the, 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 the walls of the yeshiva. That's the way it works. It's a Chumrah and a Kula. The Chumrah is, the safety is, that it, nothing enters in. If something enters in, it's like a turtle shell that's porous, that like anything can come in. It's, it's a bad thing. If something gets inside the turtle shell, the turtle is not prepared, and that's the Kula. The Kula is, if stuff comes in, then you're unprepared. The yeshiva only works if a person remains inside the yeshiva. This is why, by the way, you know, if you grow up in a yeshiva and then somebody leaves the yeshiva and becomes a, a, you know, one of these guys with the blue shirts and the the art scroll gemaras and the baseball caps on the train, you know. So we know that in yeshiva, they look at such a person like a second-class citizen. He's not necessarily a second-class citizen, but they look at him like that for good reason. You know why? Because if you go to the zoo and you see, uh, I don't know what, uh, let's say a deer, and deer's missing a toe. What happened to the deer? He left the, the pack and he got attacked by a lion and the lion ate a toe. If you leave the yeshiva, so you're outside of the protection and you're, you're, you're subject to vulnerable to all sorts of lions and tigers and bears that are, that are attacking with Ben Hashkafas outside. A person's lucky if he doesn't lose his head if he's outside of the Dalai Shel Halacha. He should lose a foot or lose an aver or lose a this. Imagine turtles that go out of the shell and go out to the woods. How are the turtles in th- inside the shell supposed to look at them? They're going to look at them like, I don't know, you're going to come back. Well, what, what exactly are you missing? But you definitely got to be missing something. Now, by Chesidim, by the way, it works just a little differently. Because there, a guy leaves the yeshiva, he's not looked at as a second-class citizen because the whole community, the Kehillah, is their shell. If a guy leaves the community, then he's looked at as a second-class citizen. It's the same Lumdus, but it's the whole Kehillah that's the protection. It's not just the yeshiva. In the yeshiva world, outside the yeshiva, there's no protection. It's only the yeshiva. By the chesidim, at least this is the way the theory goes, the whole kehillah is supposed to be the protection. So, so you leave the yeshiva, you're still inside the shell. But you leave the kehillah, now you're outside the shell, they look at the same way like in the yeshiva world, you leave the yeshiva. There's a, 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 a maisa in the Sefer Kerl Yankiv from Yankiv um, Teitelbaum. He was once kicked out of yeshiva. He was learning by Rebbe Arik, and uh, one day he and, and some friends come to yeshiva, and they get a message from the yeshiva Rebbe Arik. They're not let back into yeshiva, and they mamish had no idea what they did wrong. They were good bacher, and mamish had no idea what they did. Mamish had no idea. So um, they, they 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 asked one of their friends if they could please have a few minutes audience with the yeshiva because. They just want to know what they did. And Rashiva Mayarak was maskim and, and they told him, Rishiva, 
whatever you say, we're makabal, but we really, really don't know why were we thrown out of the yeshiva. So yeshiva says, you went to a drusha last night of a rabbi that was visiting. Anybody that goes to hear that person is not a Talmud of mine. He was Datilumi, he was a Tsioini, the guy. And he even says his name, his name was Chius. I have no idea anything, who he was or what, all I know is what it says in the Sefer. So they told the Rashiva, Rashiva were Makabal, but we have one Kasha. How are we supposed to know that his Hashkafas are bad? You're a Rebbe, what did you ever teach us? How would we know that this person has bad Hashkafas? We're masking with you, but how sh- what did you ever tell us that we should know? Rebbe Arik was masking, and he took them back into the yeshiva, and it says he taught them about all the Be'er Hashkafas in Yiddishkeit, Yiddishkeit. Starting from, I say Yiddishkeit, but I mean that originated from Yiddishkeit, that starting from Yoshka, all the way down to Bizman Hazer. Especially on the two nittles he spent all night doing it, it says. Now, this is an example of a yeshiva that protects people until the bocha walks out of the yeshiva and goes somewhere else. Then he's completely unprepared. Kolzman, he stays inside the yeshiva, then he has nothing to worry about. But once he's outside, now he's unprepared. Now, the truth of the matter is, it's not only then that this argument was leveled. I remember maybe 10 years ago it was, I don't want to mention any names, there was a guy who put out a bunch of books that uh, were, were, were full of apikorsis. And there was a certain reshiva, I don't want to say who, Choshiva, Choshiva Reshiva, Mamisha, Adam Godel, that that was Nispol, he was shocked, Nispol, he was Nishtoimim, he was shocked and astounded, the Yeshiva Bochrim that fall for these guys that believe what this guy said in the book, and they became confused and, and, and mabubble because of it. So I asked him, I told him this story, with the Biak of Teitelbaum, and I said to him, Rosh Hashiva, you've been a Rosh Hashiva for 40 years, I skewed that number to protect his identity. So you're a Shashiva 40 years. Could you please tell me what you ever taught your Talmidim that they should understand that what is in those books are apicarsis? And there was no answer. Yeshivas only work if somebody stays in the yeshiva. Yes, to a certain extent, yeah. Most of the time, it only works. That's the lumdus. A turtle goes into the shell. If something else comes into the shell inside the turtle shell, Kozman, somebody tries to bite the shell and crack the shell, it's not going to work. But, but if something goes in the shell, it's a problem. And the reason why the yeshivas did this was because it's impossible to address every shtus that exists in the world. So they created their own world. of Lakewood said that this is why people have to learn Musr. He says, yes, it's true, everybody knows that Torah makes a person more from. But if a guy's going into business, uh, you don't teach him Evan Hoezer. And if a guy's uh, getting divorced, uh, he doesn't, you don't teach him Choshen Mishpat. That's the wrong topic. So regarding Yamuna and things like that, you've got to teach a person Musr. The regular Torah is not enough to, to, to bring the guy to where he's supposed to be. This is what it means 
when Rav Hutna said it wasn't only Rav Hutna, other Rav from Rav Gidal Yeshua and a whole bunch of Rosh Hashivas, they all use this moshul, that Yeshiva's mamish a teva. It means that it's designed to protect people, calls man, they don't go out. This is why it's such a big crime if somebody uh, brings Bidar Klal in the Yeshiva, if somebody brings something from outside the Yeshiva into the Yeshiva, because it's, it's a big crime because it's like bringing something into the turtle shell. The whole, uh, the, the whole success of a yeshiva was designed if, if nothing comes in. Now, if a guy can't stay in yeshiva all his life, not everybody, some people can, but uh, there is an Eitzah. There was one person who survived in the Mabel who was not in the Teva. That was Oigmel Chaboshan. But what did he do to survive? He made sure to hold on to the Teva. That's the Eitzah if somebody's not there. But this is for sure. Nobody is prepared to go out and fight with the sharks and the whales or, 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 or the fish and, and the boiling water. It's not, it doesn't happen. The famous Rabbi Yehuda Halevi's um, uh, piyot when he said, Bulvavi Mishkan Evne. That was good in those days. Bisman Hazeh. The Eitzah has to be Bulvavi Tevo Evne, because the Mishkan has to be a Tevo. And the question is two things. How do we, how do we survive in a world where it's so hard to, to completely disenfranchise ourselves from what's going on outside the Dalarama Shal Halach. And the truth of the matter is, we mamish should try as much as, as we can to mamish disenfranchise ourselves. There is, there, there is no, there, there really is no Eitzah. It, it's just impossible. I mean, I'm telling you from experience, people come to me all the time, all the time, especially Bizman Hazeh, the last year, you know what's going on, Bizman Hazeh, in Eretz Yisrael. I'm not exaggerating if I tell you there is not a day, not one day, that somebody doesn't come to me confused, he doesn't understand the, the, the proper Torah Hashkafa, and it's always due to something that he, he, he read in a newspaper, he heard on a radio, or, or he, he doesn't understand something. There, 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 there's no way that a person can stay normal if, if all his life he's trained only to exist on a Tevinar, which is the worst Avera, to sell Chazer or to sell newspapers. Now he says like this, that Be'etzem, reading a newspaper is a worse Aveira than, than eating Chaza. Be'etzem. But since so many people read newspapers, there's a halacha in Hilchas Chil Hashem, that if people don't recognize it as such a bad Aveira, so in, in Hilchas Chil Hashem, it's not such a bad Aveira like this Rebkiv Ege, that if somebody, so people who um, shaved with a razor, they're not posseladis because Nebuch is in Spashit. People think, uh, people treat it like it's mutter. There's also, I know, in, um, I think it's a Piskei Tshuven, Hilchus Tzedakah, a guy was, was Mazana with a Zoyna, you're allowed to be paid to him, else Russia. So he says, since Rabbim Nechsholem Ba'avei Rezu, so he's not considered a Russia because lots and lots of people do it. So Mitzad, that, people don't understand how bad selling a newspaper is. Rabbi Aaron Kotler, I have a safer here, that says the eyewitness, Rabbi Aaron Kotler said reading a newspaper is much worse than eating Chaza. Because you eat Chaza, you do an Avera, whatever effect it has on you, it has on you. But a newspaper affects much a person's brain. 
Imamish changes a person's mind. Imamish changes his ashkafa. So the first thing, the first thing is that the way Klal Yisrael does not change is that they stay separated. It's the only eights of his man. They stay separated from what's going on outside. If you can't go outside, so bulvavi, bulvavi, tevo evne. I'll tell you a story with a guy here, a guy here in shul. It's a guy who comes sometimes to shul and uh, he had a different background, a different upbringing. And uh, Agav, that day I mentioned about Avoid the Zohar, and I said, even though Chazal Mumvatl the Eight Zohar for Avoid the Zohar, there's still Avoid the Zohar's out there. For example, there we have a, even in our neighborhood, there's like a conservative church. That was my loss. Anyway, this guy, this guy, um, didn't understand why I referred to the conservative church in such a manner. So he called me and he asked me and I explained to him, well, Avoid the Zorah is bowing down idols. So I explained to him, Avoid the Zorah is used in reference to bowing down to idols, but literally means another religion. That's the types of the words. And conservative Judaism, another religion, because they, they, don't, they don't believe in the authority of our authorities, uh, they, even though he, he, he guy tells me, well, they worship the same God. I say, yes, but religion isn't the God. It's the instructions that he gives, and the conservatives have different instructions. And then he, he tells me like this. He says, well, I learn every day a bunch of guys that learned in yeshiva. And we're learning Gemara. And every halach is a machloikas. Everything's a machloikas. He says, we also change things. This is what he says. The Orthodox also change. They also make the rabbis make up their own things because everything's a machloikas. Uh, when, when, when God gave Moshe Rabbeinu on Har Sinai, it had to be one way, right? So could be they forgot this stuff and now they're trying to remember it, but, but it's, it's the rabbis making it up. So what's the difference between the Orthodox and the Reform? So I explained to him that, that, first of all, his theory about things being forgotten may work theoretically in some cases, but if you have machloikis in Hilchas Tefillin, and there are many, it's not going to help because every day people put on Tefillin. It doesn't make sense. It's forgotten. But then I explained to him, and this is really a, a um, colloquial version of a Ritvo and Erevin, that when Moshe Rabbeinu got the Torah in Har Sinai, I said, Hashem didn't tell him exactly what to do. Hashem said, okay, these are the tzodim. And Moshe Rabbeinu says, if these are the tzodim, what should we do? So Hashem says, whatever, the, whatever you guys decide, I'm with you. Meaning, Moshe you ever have your, your kids come over to you? Or maybe you and a sibling uh, comes, you go to your, your, your father and uh, you're fighting with each other. And the father says, happens all the time, look. I want you guys to work it out. Whatever you work out, I'm backing you. But you guys have to work it out for yourself. Now, if the father was left to his own devices, maybe he would come out with a different mascona than the kids do. But he wants the kids to work it out, and he'll back whatever decision they make. That's what Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu on Har Sinai. Uh, what I would say Hashem is talking, what I would say is, 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 is not Negea. I would say one thing, but I want you to work it out. And whatever you work out through Achai Rabbam Lahatois, through Yigi and Amelus Batayra, whatever you come out between these Memtes Ponim to, to be Metaher and these Memtes Ponim to be Metame, you, whatever you come out, Amaskim. And that's the Ratzon Hashem. Whatever you decide, that's what I want you to do. He says to me, 
How come nobody else knows about this? He says, every yeshiva guy should know about this. I said to him, well, it's a Ritvan Erevin, but you know what? That's the way it works. People don't know things. Now, if you go to a yeshiva where they have Shirei Das, you know, that's a different story, of course. But in general, people mamish don't know things. So what's the... What's the Eitzah? Well, there's a few Eitzahs. First, you should know what everybody's thinking over here. I could see in your eyes, maybe we should like change the curriculum and, and, and throw in some more Shirei Das. It's not, it's not such a, a great Eitzah like it may sound at first glance. First of all, you don't mess with a good recipe. Even if you, you think you're a better cook, if you have a master chef recipe, you don't mess with it. And, and the yeshiva's uh, recipe was handed down from Deirei Deiris. And, and before a person thinks that he could improve it, he has to be very, very big. And I don't know if anybody's actually going to th- think, consider himself big enough to think that he could actually improve on this recipe. But there's another thing. I have a horror on the Ramea Arik story. Why did Rameir Arik start with Christianity and go down? Does anybody really care about Christianity? I know it's interesting, but why did he spend time explaining to the Talmudim that why couldn't he just explain to his Talmudim about this guy Chait, about the Tzioinim and finished? So I'll tell you why. It says in the Svarim um, that the reason why, one of the reasons why we don't, we, we use the turtle shell method as opposed to other things besides that it's never ending you'll never you'll you'll never finish and 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 responding to things and and we have we have other more important things to do but once you start discussing this shtus and that shtus this bear hashkafa that bear hashkafa before you know it it already becomes tootstodden It already becomes something that needs to be discussed. I'll give you a marshal. You walk into the room over here and you see a fire extinguisher. So if somebody sees a fire extinguisher knows that there's always Rahman Islam of fire. So you have a fire extinguisher. Now what happens if you would walk into a yeshiva and you would see a snake bite kit? In case of emergencies, use this. Where are they? In the middle of Arizona desert? It's not a normal thing to have. Once you have it, you know already that it becomes already a danger. If, if, if we start discussing why this is bad and why that is bad, then you're already thinking, well, I have another kasha why this should be good and that should be good. And before you know it, it becomes a whole discussion. It becomes something worth discussing. Part of the message of our ignoring things is that they are not even worth our attention. And that's an extremely important message to understand. There's a Torah, there's a Messiah that we get from our G'dayle Yisrael, that got from their G'dayle Yisrael, that go all the way back to Harsinai. And there are many, many, many Shtusim out there, and many Ber Hashkofas that come to attack. But we have to know that it's nothing even worth discussing if a person's ignorant, and he doesn't understand why Christianity is bad, he doesn't understand why the Muslims are bad, he doesn't understand why the... The, the King Paul worshippers are bad, why the, the, the Occupy Wall Street people are crazy. 
So you need to explain to such a person. But could you imagine if a Rashiva got up and, and, and gave a, a, a serious schmooze about why not to do an Occupy Wall Street? You know, these people that say the world, those guys that said the world in Los Angeles, I think he was. The guy that said the world is going to be destroyed a couple of years ago, one day in the summer. They're, they're leading up to that day. Imagine Rashiva getting up and, and being Mazba. Why? This is not MS and it's not true according to the Torah. It, it would be granting it much too much credence. And it would, would, would send the wrong message. The message would be that this is something that, that needs to be discussed by Etzem, and it's really not. So we leave and we make sure that such discussions are only the Yoytzim and Aklal. Once you make such a Shaklavataria mainstream, then it already becomes, it already becomes an issue. And, and, and the idea is it is not an issue. On an individual basis, if somebody's Nebuch doesn't understand, okay, you can explain it to them. So that's why Reb Arik started with Christianity. Reb Arik did that because that's not an issue for anybody. He took all of them and he said, look, I'm not going to address the things that, 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 that you believe in Nagea to you because those are just as irrelevant and just, those are just as silly as Christianity. And they belong in the same category. And we're going to, in, in order to give that message, he went through all of the, all of the Be'er Hashkafis from Yoshka down. Because if you single out those that you think people have questions about, then you're giving a message that the questions are, are, are worthy. Okay, there are two types of questions. You know, there's a kasha. Let's see, what, what, what are you getting, right? Okay. It's a hamevi get. So a guy can say he has a kasha because it's hamevi get. A guy, why does he have to bring a get? Why can't he write a get by Medina Sayam? So you tell them, you don't understand the Mishnah. The Mishnah is talking about a specific case. Now, that's not a kasha. That's ignorance, right? Now, of course, if somebody asks that question, you should answer him. Because if anybody asks you, you're supposed to answer. No question about it. But you don't give a sheer clawly on such a question. It, 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 it gives the wrong impression about what the issues are of the Mishnah. Just like you want to give a, a shear on what the real issues are, you also want, don't want to, to distract from what the real issues are in Yiddishkeit by bringing in ignorant things. If somebody has a question, you can answer them. But you don't want to do that. So Rameh Arik did, he said, I'm going to explain to you all the shtusim in the world so as not to single out any to give the wrong impression. Now, I'll tell you what the Eitzah is. There's a Ramami Pano. There's a, there's a, you know what? There's a, there's a Rambam. The Rambam says that um, if somebody believes, in Hilchus Tshuva, that if somebody believes that Hashem decides whether someone's going to be at Tzaddik or Russia, he's a Goylem. We know there's Bechira. And Everybody could be a tzaddik or rasha according to his choice. But says the Rambam, don't think this, that the tipshim of the goyim and the goylems, the majority of goylems amongst the Jews think. That's his loshen. Tipshayu moishoylem v'roiv golmei b'nei Yisro. That Hashem 
pre uh, preordains, he predecrees, uh, predetermines what if a person is going to be a tzaddik or a rosh. He says, Mamish, not true, if you think that you're a goylem. Now, why did the Rambam call the guy a goylem? I understand he's a goylem. But why did the Rambam use specifically that word as opposed to any other word? So I have a pshat. There's Ramami Panoi. The Ramam, now the Rambam, by the way, one thing you should know, the Rambam says the reason why a person's going to think that God predetermines if you'll be a tzaddik or a rasha is because since God knows the future, that would predetermine it, the kasha between Yidi and Bechira. If you really believe that that locks a person in, then you're a goyle. Now there's a Ramami Panoi that says a very important principle that if you want to learn something, you have to learn it from the Yesoidus, from the roots to the branches, and not backwards. Meaning, if you want to learn a sugya, you got to start from the Mishnah, the Psukim and Chumash, then you go to the Gemara, Rashi, Toysus, but if you start from Rabor Ber, then you're going to be in trouble with the sugya. And he says that a person, it's a very big principle, because a person starts, a person has kashas and hashkafa, he says. And if you start from the, the Rabor Ber, if you start from the end, and then, without knowing the Yesoidus, he says, you are locking yourself out of ever understanding any answer, and you're just guaranteeing that you will remain confused forever. That's what he says. You got to do, you got to learn first the Yesoidus, and then later, you, so a guy, uh, let's say a guy will come to me, and he'll tell me he has a kasha, because so-and-so he saw, he heard from his friend outside, a kasha, that... Uh, uh, how could you say this in this hashkafa? I as a kasha from somewhere. Now, if a person would learn the yesoidus of the sugya from the beginning, he wouldn't have the kasha to begin with. Like we said tonight, the moshe we had, what, what we quoted from Rav Steinman. Yeah, I'm sure that there's people are going to be reading that and they're going to be saying, I don't understand. They'll be asking their friends and now they got to start. What's an Amalek? What's a Maisa Sotan? What's a Sotan? What's a this? And, and, and they're, they're, cooked, they're, they're, they're cooked geese. It's never going to work. The only way it's going to work, the only way it's going to work is if you start from the Sugi and you understand and then it, it's Kilorin Leinayim. The, the words are like very, very poshit. But if you start the other way, it's not. Same thing works by all Hashkafas, by all Halachas too. You can't learn the, the Rebok Ber before you learn the Mishnayas. And there's Mishnayas of the Hashkafic thing. So that's what the Ramami Panoi says. And he says specifically about the steer between Yidi and Bechira. He says it's Bechalal Narakasha. Those of you who were around a few years ago when we started the, the basic Judaism, Yisoidus, uh, we said anybody understands what Hashem is. This is what the Rambam says. You understand what Hashem is. Hashem has no knowledge. Knowledge is a human trait just like a nose. Hashem is not ignorant, but he doesn't have what we call knowledge. And yes, knowledge, he doesn't need knowledge. Hashem doesn't need knowledge. Knowledge is a human trait. And if a person, uh, yes, knowledge locks in the future, but what does that have to do with Hashem? If you understand the Yesoidus, it's Pachlal Narakasha. That's what the Ramami Panoi says, and he says that you have to learn the Yesoidus. Now, the Rambam says that somebody that, that, that thinks that Hashem's knowledge of the future, Hashem's non-ignorance of the future, locks in him being a tzaddik as a goylem. You know why? Because why would he think that? Because he didn't follow the Ramami Panay. The Ramami Panay says specifically regarding this thing, this kasha about Yidi and Bechiri, you have to learn the Yisoidus first, right? And if you learn the Yisoidus, it's not a problem. 
What does the Mishnah say in Pirkei Ovis? Shiva Dvorim Begoylem Shiva Bechochem. There are various signs of a goylem and signs of a chacham. One of the signs of a, a chacham is Oimer al Rishon Rishon v'alachrein achrein. He speaks. He, he he learns the first thing first and the second thing second, and he speaks about things in order. Says the Mishnah, v'chilufehem begoylem, and the opposite is in a goylem. A goylem is the type somebody that starts from the back and then goes l'mafreya. You start from the back and go l'mafreya. You're not going to understand your din bechira meila. The Rambam says. That if a guy doesn't understand Yidiyim Bechir and he thinks that God uh, really locks in, he's a goylem because he didn't do all Rishon Rishon. So the, the, the solution is, and by the way, I said you're going to help me rehearse for the Shabbos HaGol. The Shabbos HaGol rushes two hours. This is going to be another 30 seconds. Um, we're going to have to continue another time unless you end, uh, unless you end up by the Trusher. Um so the solution is like this, that all of the shtusim, all of the hashkafas, all the shtus hashkafas, all the nonsense and all the kfir and apikorsis that, that, that abound, all the stuff that takes people out of the 300 people, all of them, all of them, if a person learns the esoidus of Yiddishkeit, the esoidus first, the things that these hashkafas are totally in, then he won't be fooled by them. There is an Eitzah that I am saying that a person does not need to engage hands-to-hand all of these ideas that are out there, but also he will be prepared for them. And that is that if somebody, same thing that if a guy asks you suddenly, Reb Kasha, Reb Shimon's Kasha, Reb Kasha, if you don't know the Sugya, what are you going to do? You're going to run to the Rebbe, and you're going to say, Rebbe, I have this Kasha, what's the answer? I'll tell you Reb Lachonin's Teretz. Then the guy's going to ask you Reb Shimon's Kasha, and you're going to, you don't know the Sugya. Rebbe, Rebbe, what's the Teretz? Somebody ask me a Kasha. He'll tell you Reb Shimon's Teretz. And then he comes to Reb he'll tell you Reb Shimon's But if you learn the Sugya, you'll understand everything on your own. The problem is people, without learning the sugya, try to uh, start from the tail end of the hashkafic problems. And they come and yes, if somebody comes with a kash, you've got to give them an answer. No question about it. But they're really just going to be spinning their wheels. And it will behoove you to give them an etza to tell them they should start from the esoidus and understand the, the roots of the issues. And then they won't have a problem. Uh, tonight, we, 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 I gave you a marshal earlier with the, the statement from Rav Steinman. It's a mysterious thing, but it's only mysterious if you don't learn the sugya. All of these things are only mysterious if you don't learn the sugyas. There are sugyas all over that start from the basics. And once you have the basics, then uh, you, you're, you're not uh, giving credence to any bad hashkafas. You're learning mamish the sugya. But once that happens, then somebody comes to you with a kasha. You'll be prepared. If a guy doesn't learn the sugya, somebody asks him a kasha, then uh, he needs to go to somebody find an answer. If he learns the sugya, hopefully, if somebody asks him a kasha, he'll, find it. he'll have to ask for a teretz, but otherwise he'll be able to figure out a teretz on his own.